Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's poppin', Fantasy Champs? I looked at my What's computer good? and not the computer screen. I mean, I looked at my computer screen and not the camera. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? What's cracking? <laughs> My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. Uh, what's up? What's up? I was at a preseason game last night, which is, you know, wonderful. Preseason football, baby. Yeah, yeah. Watched the Jets and the Browns last week. Watched Hard Knocks. Everyone's in love with the Jets, even though they did basically nothing on Hard Knocks. It was like everyone in pets. There was this one segment on Hard Knocks, quick side note, where the coach um, – I was like, bro, you didn't have to like physically bring up Bill Belichick without bringing Bill Belichick up. But he went uh-huh. on this hole. The coach went. He was in the team meeting, and they, he went on this hole. It wasn't Selah. It was somebody else. But he went on this whole rant about how um, he the Jets don't just do their jobs; they do the extra. He said, "We don't want you to just do your job. We want you to do extra." Okay. And I'm like, um. In the Patriots, where we got that from? In the Patriots Pro Shop, there's shirts to say "Do your job." So he was like, "You know what? You know what, Bill? You know what, Bill? We're not just gonna do our job. We're gonna do it more. <laughs> we're gonna go the extra mile from the past." And at that moment, I knew the Jets were going nine and seven, <laughs> or whatever it is. It's actually nine, nine and eight, eight, nine eight and now. Eight. Nine and eight. Sorry, uh, but anyway, welcome. We're in, winning twelve games. Welcome into the pod. Um. We got a lot of stuff to get to this week. Um, for the next two weeks, um, we are going to talk about risky, some risky players next week, but we got breakouts on this program this week. Uh, risky players uh, next week and the week after. And then must drafts, mock drafts, all kinds of crap. And you know what happens the week after that? Well, well, the NFL season begins. So, Whoa. Yeah, we're, we're cruising. But... Uh, today, this week, we're going to give you most breakouts, breakout running backs today. Uh, the next episode, breakout uh, wide receiver. Actually, we're doing breakout wide receivers today, breakout running backs on the next show. And then the following show after that, we'll do a mock draft and put this crap into action um, and do and do some fun practice drafts here. Because, you know, I'm, I, I don't know where I'm drafting in the home league. I feel like I haven't done any Bro. prep for that. But anyway, so... Yeah, we're going to talk about breakouts today. Should be interesting. Top five breakout wide receivers for the 2023 fantasy football season. Before we jump into that, check out our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platform, please leave a review, share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below. Any questions you may have for us, and comment your top breakout. Uh, on the last show, we got a comment because we made, you know, like, uh, Travis Kelsey went number five and we were like, ah, yeah, you know, that's, you know, yeah. probably not the best idea. So the comment, um, the comment stated, if you're listening, thanks for, oh, oh, whoa, hold on a second. Did he delete it? Uh-oh. Whoa. Whoa. Hold on a second. What'd he say? I want to know what he said. All right, here we go. Kelsey is valid. Kelsey at five <laughs> is valid. He can outscore digs. And Adams. I don't know if Jacobs will play that who finished ahead of him that That's wasn't fair. drafted ahead. Jacobs might okay, not play. That guy just... I think he will, sentence. though. But... Uh, 
And then I, comment, I don't think he's outscoring. I kindly commented. I said, if you if you can draft a thirty four year old tight end in the top five, all you want doesn't mean it's a good idea. If he finishes, <laughs> well, if he finished, if he finishes in the top five of scoring for overall at every position, then y'all can come back here and roast. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, after last, he was close last year. Yeah, he was top twelve. And there was a point in the season where I think he was like fifth or sixth. Yeah. He was in the top five like through like 12 weeks or something like that. Right. The argument has been uh, with Travis Kelsey that he is the uh, like the positional benefit that you get of having a guy like Travis Kelsey as opposed like, like you, you know, you play the Travis Kelsey owner. You're like, "Ah, no way I can compete with the tight end position with that. Problem is you're, you're sacrificing everywhere else. So you might have a tight end, you know, that can score, you know, 15 points like a wide receiver can. Here's your issue. You have a wide receiver that probably can only score the yeah, same amount that a normal tight 20, end. 25. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so draft Travis Kelsey all you want. I don't care. Now, to be fair, Kelsey, if he was like last year, okay, which he probably will be, let's be honest. Yeah. Then you could draft him reasonably at like the probably top of the second round, maybe maybe even if you're picking twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take get, him back into the first. Go play. get yourself Justin Jefferson first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go get yourself Jamar Chase. <laughs> get a real play. I would. I would put you know Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, Diggs as well. I'd put all those. I mean, did that above. many people win champion? I need numbers on this. Did that many people win championships with Travis Kelsey as their tight end last year? Like, if you have numbers to back it up, I mean, heck, I'll draft him high. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, right. but the year that you finally will draft him high, the year that he Oh, for sure. This is why I'm not drafting him, and I'm not <laughs> drafting Derrick Henry. Yep. Because I'm not yeah, going to buy you're, So you're I'm on the clock, top of the third round. You need a running back, and it's from Andre Stevenson or Derrick Henry. Who you oh, have. my God. Well, the, the Patriots have a tough schedule this year for running backs, so – it might be Derrick Henry because they're going to just, I mean, if he stays healthy, it's going to be 400 touches. It may be 3.6 yards a carry, you know, but it's touches. Yeah, that's true. So anyway. But he's also 29. Yeah. Well, hey, back. listen, <laughs> he's infinite. He's infinite. And the Patriots, as of right now, have not signed another running back. So they're going to sign Zeke. After watching that preseason game, I would have yeah, called him up better. and said, hey, oh, yeah. hey, oh, how much money do you want? Oh, Derrick Henry is twenty nine. That's uh, scary. Nailed that. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some wide receivers, breakout wide receivers on this show. We're gonna give you five guys. We have a couple honorable mentions. We might throw them in there at the end, uh, just for fun. Uh, they're honorable mentions, so they're guys that you know we were kind of like, ah, they might be breakouts, but it's too hot, too hot, too hot to handle. Uh, yep. Not quoting the television show, um, or the Netflix series, I should say. I'm not an old man television show. Holy crap. Uh, but let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about some breakout wide receivers. Um, the first two guys we can kind of roll off real quick um, because we have talked about them before. Um, they're on a lot of different shows of ours because we are buying into a lot of these players, but they do fall into this category. Um, and the first one is Garrett Wilson. And uh, you know, I brought up Hard Knocks a second ago. Um, he is going to be ridiculous with Aaron Rodgers. Um I don't know that Aaron Rodgers will be ridiculous statistically. 
but I know there is going to be probably 140 to 150 targets that are going to fly Garrett Wilson's way. Um, and last year, I think he was the wide receiver 21 in PPR at the end of the season. Um, with, like that. with a crappy quarterback. Uh, this year, he's going into his second year, which second, third years for wide receivers are notorious breakout seasons for um, wide, the wide receiver position. Uh, and I think that getting a quarterback like Rodgers in the room makes Garrett Wilson an absolute freaking buy and a half. And um, I know it's it costs a lot right now. It's a mid-second round pick somewhere in that vicinity. Um, but if you can find a way to get Garrett Wilson on your team, you know, I think there's, I think there's, uh, this might be too hot, but I think there's top five potential for him this year. Not just like top 12, but top five. Uh, if things go positively, uh, the, the stuff that Rogers is saying about him that, uh, no one can be Devante, but if somebody can get close. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. I mean, if he gets close, that's top five. Is it not? Love Pretty much. I, I don't think that's a hot take at all. Um, well, that's because Wilson, uh, that's because you're okay. not wearing pants right now. Talking about Garrett Wilson. Yeah, not. Um, I have him in my projections as the wide receiver seven. Okay. Uh, right below C.D. Lamb and right above A.J. Brown, squished between your two guys. I haven't gotten there yet. So that's sort of how I feel about Garrett Wilson. I think he's um, he's a stud. I think. I don't think he's Jefferson or Jamar Chase, but I think in like two or three years, or even maybe who knows, maybe even at the end of this year, we could be talking about him as like that third guy. Yeah. Right behind those two. Now you have him ranked eighth, those, right? I have him ranked eighth. Yeah. Okay. I do have AJ Brown ahead of him, but uh I could easily put him higher. I could easily switch him and AJ Brown. Um and I think his the price tag, what you said, mid second round, I'm perfectly fine with that personally. Yeah, agreed. Um because I, I do think he has that kind of ability. And we've talked about it all offseason, but you know, we if, if your wide receiver 21 is a rookie with only four touchdowns, <laughs> like and now you get a mat, you probably get the biggest quarterback upgrade yeah. maybe of anyone in the league. Right? You go from Mike White and Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. If you can keep the target share, which he most likely will, mm-hmm. considering how Rodgers talks about him. So you're getting like 150 targets uh, with much higher quality, and you probably double the touchdown mark. You probably go from four to eight touchdowns at least. Um, that's a top 10 receiver right there with mm. even higher ceiling. So, yeah, Garrett Wilson to me, I mean, he's a, he's, he's a stud. He's one of those superstar receivers. Yeah. And um, – I'm taking him all day, every day. Yeah, and you got to get him at cost, which are, which is a problem. But um, I know I know what Rodgers was doing <clears throat> in his dark room. Yeah, he woke up in the middle of the night. He didn't know what time it was because there wasn't any clocks. But he woke up in a sweat after a dream about Garrett Wilson. And that's what I would do. And then he was like, "I'm signing with the Jets." That's that was that's exactly what I wouldn't have done. You did more than that, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I have Garrett Wilson ranked ten, so a little bit lower on him. But like I said, the return on investment here uh, is pretty good. You do have to draft him at cost, which sucks. Uh, but I do have one quick question, and I'll ask the same question for the next guy too because we've talked about them before. If Garrett Wilson does not finish as a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy football, excluding yep. injury from this conversation. 
um, if he does not finish as a top 12 wide receiver and does not break out this year bigger than he did last year, why is that the case? Um, excluding injury, I would say because the Jets just collapsed so much and Aaron Rodgers is probably complaining to the coaching staff so much and he checks out in like week seven when they go two and four with their tough schedule. Like the devil's advocate. Yeah. I, I will and say. I, think that, I mean, I think that's a, that is a possibility, but I also think even if the Jets kind of suck, that Wilson will be okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you saw the offense last year and he was still good. So like I... I think it's a very slim chance that that happens. I will say, excuse me, there's a chance that he comes out week one, uh, or not week uh, one, but there's a chance that they come out early in the season and Garrett Wilson starts slow uh, because, or maybe he doesn't even finish as a top 12 receiver this year because Rodgers brought in, I mean, they brought in Hardman. They brought in Lazard. Cobb. They have Cobb. They have his like little safety blankets over here. And if if anything happens that is negative towards Garrett Wilson, it would be Lazard stealing targets from him. And if that does end up happening, then uh, then that would suck. But I don't think that happens. I think Garrett Wilson is clearly the best receiver in the room. And I think Lazard and the rest of that group is going to be equivalent to Lazard is Lazard when they had Devontae Adams and, uh, exactly, and Hardman yeah. is MVS. Yep. So <laughs> that's, that's a very that's good a, comparison. That's essentially what's going to happen. And, you know, I'm not going to compare Devontae Adams to <clears throat> Garrett Wilson, but could be close. So, anyway, uh, next guy that we have is Chris Olave of the New Orleans Saints. This is a rook. I mean, not a rookie anymore. Holy crap, dude. I just went back to the season. Um, another year two guy. Like I said, year two guys. Everyone on this list except one guy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Year, year two and year three guys usually tend to take a step forward, and it's earlier and right. earlier by the year. So um, I currently have uh, Mr. – what's his name? Chris Olave at 15. Rick has him at 14 in PPR. Um, so we're a little bit rankings-wise lower than him. Um, but – He might move up like a, a little bit online. Yes. Just a little bit. No, I agree. I like I have Metcalf ahead of him, and I don't know how much I like that. Yeah, but, I don't. I wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> I would not. But uh, so anyway, um, I'm finishing my projections. Give me a minute. I I have uh, updated rankings, and he is uh not that much higher. He went from what what do you say? I had him at 14. Yeah, I'm at 13 now. So oh okay, all right. So I'm, I didn't reload my page. Whatever. Well, I might. I haven't. I don't know if I updated. You it says it, so. uh, August 4th it's recent. was when you released this one. So Oh, so maybe, I don't know. Yeah, you might be in half PPR. But anyway, um, so Alave has a lot of good things going for him. Um, he is, he was he was good last year when he had the opportunity. Um, you know, obviously didn't finish like super, super high, but uh, there was a lot of good things that, you know, happened to him last year, even though the Saints were mixing quarterbacks and, you know, things weren't really going well offensively for them last year. Um but now they add Derek Carr, and Derek Carr obviously loved Devontae Adams. He threw the ball to him a ton. Um, I don't really know what's going on with Michael Thomas. Uh, he'll be he'll be on the IR by week three. So um, <laughs> I I don't know if that man can stay on the field. But Chris Olave is the clear one. I believe there are rumors floating around that uh, Michael Thomas is hurt again. So um, I'm not sure how accurate those are or how significant an injury would be. But uh, anyway. But Olave being there with Derek Carr, if the offense takes a step forward, improves a little bit, and Olave gets a little bit more work, um, yeah. then 
I think there could be positive things. Now, this guy's a little bit different than Garrett Wilson. I think the I think the breakout chance for Garrett Wilson is significantly high. Like I think they're like for Garrett, I think he's probably going to break out. Like I would say eighty five to ninety percent yeah, chance. Agreed. Chris Olave is probably like sixty five seventy. So like I'm drafting him and I have an anticipation that he'll break out, but I think the chances of a big breakout for Olave are less because the yeah. quarterback is not as good. The offense probably will not as be as good as the Jets. And there's other like mitigating circumstances that are floating around with the with the um uh with the Saints, you know, including Michael Thomas. So um yeah, I'm I'm like I'm I'm still buying Chris Olave. I still think he's a breakout, still think he's gonna be really good, but you know, I think there's a better chance for him to not break out and for us to come back next year and be like, eh, this didn't happen um when we look at our wide receiver breakouts. But I still I'm still buying in. Yeah, and I think Olave too is like I would just say his ceiling's probably not as high as Garrett Wilson, which is why he's getting drafted lower. Yeah. Um and then the chances of them having like a big breakout season, like you said, uh-huh. Wilson's probably got like a 10, 15 percent, maybe even like twenty. Probably has like a twenty percent chance of uh or twenty percent better than Olave breaking out. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean Chris Olave is a bad pick at all, especially because he's going a full round lower. Um and then Garrett Wilson, so that does add something to it for sure. Uh, and he's kind of similar; like he was, he didn't finish that different than Garrett Wilson last year. He pretty much had the same season, uh, only four touchdowns. He missed two games. Yeah. Um. So if you paced him out in a full season, he would have been paced out for 135 targets, 82 catches, 1100 yards, five touchdowns. That's a really good rookie season. Yeah. And now you get Derek Carr instead of Andy Dalton, and that's you would think is an upgrade. Um, of course. And we'll see what like the situation because yeah you're right there there's some interesting situations there with like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and like how is that offense gonna look, yeah. um, so we'll see how it ends up with Olave but I think he also has a good floor so like let's say he doesn't have the kind of breakout that you're expecting he's still gonna have at, at worst like the season he did last year which in points per game he was like top uh, I think like 18 17. So he still will be a wide receiver two for you, which he's getting drafted as like the wide receiver what fifteen right now. Yeah, something like that. So like he at worst, I don't think he's gonna be that diff that off from where you're drafting him. So even though I don't know if he has the same ceiling as Wilson, he does have a pretty high floor as well. So he's a good pick. I like him, and I think he can definitely break out this year if Derek Carr even plays slightly better than Andy Dalton. Yeah, uh, same question applies. Uh, withholding injury, if Chris Olave does not end up a breakout this year and we look back and go, why did we do that? Why Why was that the case? Similar with the Jets, um, it would ha- Derek Carr would have to kind of be mid again, which I wouldn't be too shocked if that happened or yeah. like yeah, even sure. below mid. Sure. One other thing I could see is Michael Thomas plays a full season. If Michael Thomas is able to stay healthy, he might take away a couple targets from Olave. For sure. Uh, I still don't think that would kill Olave. If both guys are healthy, I would still like Olave. Mm-hmm. But um, it could take away his ceiling. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, let's talk about the next uh, three guys here. Uh, w- one being Christian Watson uh, of the Green Bay Packers. So he's another second-year guy. Uh, he came in last year, and I will. I'll say I'm just gonna give a. I'm just gonna give you uh, his numbers from the first eight games of the season. He missed three games. First eight games of the season all the way through week nine. He had 40 targets, 28 catches, 249 yards, and zero touchdowns. Those was 
This was games one through six of Christian Watson's career and the first nine games or eight games of the Packers season. In the back half of the season here, hold on, let me fix my computer. Um, In the back half of the season here, he had 110 targets from week 10 to 18 or 10 to 17 or whatever. Uh, 110 targets, 66 catches, 1,100 yards, and 15 touchdowns. So, obviously, after the first part of the season, he started to see an increase in opportunity. Uh, I will also mention that from that point on in the season, from week 10 to uh, 18, he was 84% uh, snap percentage or higher down that stretch, with the exceptions being against Miami in week 15 and week 16 against uh, Minnesota. So, those are the only two weeks he did not have that high uh, of a snap percentage, but... Uh, the rest of him, he was around 90. So, like, he was on the field. He was getting snaps. He was getting targeted. There's obviously some things that I'd like to see him do better. But it's yep. clear that he is a downfield threat for the Packers. Um, Rodgers started targeting him in the second half of the year, and it all started after the three-touchdown game he had uh, against Dallas in Week 10. So, if if this is what we get from Christian Watson for a full season... I don't think he's going to get 15 receiving touchdowns. That's probably likely to not happen. I would say seven is probably a safer bet. That's what I projected him at. Yeah, and so I think that that's probably where he'll land. But I do think that he'll have a, he'll have more than 110 targets. I think he'll probably chart in right around 120 to 130. Um, yeah. And if he can get that catch percentage up a little bit, that's good. The main thing with Christian Watson is I think if 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 Rodgers was still there, this would be an explosive breakout year for Christian Watson. I think he would probably be a top six, seven, eight wide receiver in fantasy football if he still had Rodgers. Absolutely. The fact that he does not have Rodgers and it's Jordan Love is the big question. So is Jordan Love going to be good? Is Jordan Love going to be bad? If he comes out and he plays really well, then you could see some positive developments for Jordan Love and some very positive developments for Christian Watson. But if Jordan Love comes out and sucks early in the season, then you know the Packers are going to be awful for yeah. the better half of the season. So for me, it's like I really tie all of Christian Watson's success to Jordan Love. Now, what I will say is Rodgers was not really good last year. and. Right. His numbers were not great. And Christian Watson in the back half of the season had a lot of success, even though the offense wasn't great. And even though Aaron Rodgers was not prolific passing down the field, Aaron Rodgers. So if Jordan Love can put up Aaron Rodgers last year numbers, which were okay, then you could see Christian Watson have a base floor of what he did last year. Uh, not in terms of fantasy points, but in terms of that second half of the season with less touchdowns. So I would I would bank him probably more in the range of like low-end wide receiver two at that point, which is still very valuable. But if Jordan Love takes a step forward and does some really good stuff this year and ends up being the quarterback that the Packers want long-term, uh, then you're going to see Christian Watson probably excel a little bit. But then you're also talking about the, the year two bump. Uh, I did want to bring up one more statistical item before, um, before I hand the floor to Ricardo over here. Um, there was a few games where he came in and played. Um, and I wanted to see the main one being against Philadelphia in week 12. I wanted to see what Christian Watson did that game. He had um, a touchdown. Did that come from Rogers or did it come from? Nope. I, I remember watching that game. It wasn't like a 
Love threw it to Watson. It was like a probably like a 15 yeah. yard pass, 20 yard pass, something like that. And then Watson just took off for like 50 yards. Yeah, so he had about 15 fantasy points that game. The efficiency wasn't great in terms of catch percentage, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see kind of where things go for Christian Watson. Um, this one, like I said, I was talking about freaking Chris Olave being like 65, 70%. It's probably like a 55 to 60% chance of breakout for Christian Watson. This is a little bit deeper. Um, so, but I still love Christian Watson. Still think he's going to be great. And I'm drafting him in any leagues I can get him for that breakout. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm all on board Christian Watson. And it's interesting. I'm not even that high on Jordan Love. So I'm not super high on Love. I projected him kind of similar to Rogers last year um in terms of stats and just like slightly worse than Rodgers last year and Rodgers was even that good um I had Aaron Rodgers last year through 26 touchdowns and 3600 yards or 3700 yards pretty much I projected love at 3800 yards and 23 touchdowns so three less touchdowns and 100 more yards so yeah. pretty much the exact same season um with a little less touchdowns and I still had Watson finishing as the wide receiver 21. Mm-hmm. So if Jordan Love has a good year and ends up being a pretty good quarterback, Watson is going to explode. And if Jordan Love is kind of mid-ish and a, kind of what just what Rodgers was last year, maybe even slightly worse, I still think Watson has a good year. The only way Watson really sucks is if Love really sucks, which I think is a possibility. Yeah, if, if the entire Packers organization collapses. Yeah, which honestly, who knows, right? Yeah, right. Because right. um, Love has definitely had his inconsistency. So um, this might be a rebuilding year for the Packers. We don't know. But if Love is just mid, which if you're, you know, if you think Jordan Love is at least mid, I'd be drafting Christian Watson everywhere. I mean, he's got yeah, for sure. such big play potential. He's not going to be a volume guy, but he's someone who, you know, he's kind of like the Mike Williams sort of player where he might get you three points in a week and then the next week he gets you 30. Um, yeah, and I like that. I know you don't like that, but uh, no, no, I like that. I like that. <laughs> oh, you do like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, hey, I mean, you got to win some weeks here, some big weeks. Yeah, and he's some, and he's not gonna be. It's not like that's your wide receiver one doing that, right? You're probably he's probably gonna be like your wide receiver two. Yeah, you might even have him as your flex. Might even have him as your flex, depending on how you draft. Um, and if that's the case, that's a great flex. Somebody who has that kind of potential on a week yeah. week to week basis. Um, he's. He's clearly the best receiver there as well, and I think that's how they're going to use him. Some people will um, say Romeo Dobbs, but I think he's yeah, no, he's he's. Definitely I think I think we established last year, halfway through the year, when he went on that streak, that it's clearly it's Christian, Christian Watson, Watson yeah. is the more talented guy, um, and he's at least the big play guy. Which mm-hmm. Jordan Love, I think they've trained him to be a very like uh, throw yeah. the ball short. Mm-hmm make good decisions and all that but sure. in college he was a gunslinger and i think you'll see some some big I mean, plays starts, with christian watson you know that's very rogers like of him um but if, <laughs> right. if if he does do that like you said he's definitely going to see those plays from christian watson i mean he's going to take some shots yeah um and i didn't even project watson to be like what do you have him have at? a lot of targets but what is it what do you have him at why does she for 21 for fantasy points uh, two twenty four. I think. Okay, yeah, PPR. I, I have him at two 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 oh one. So I was a little bit more reserved. Like I try to take the middle of the road with my projections a lot of time. How many? How many? What? Do you, what is? What does his numbers look like? Seventy two catches, nine hundred and thirty six okay. yards, and six touchdowns. Okay, I had him. So the difference is, I have seven touchdowns, and then I have I have less catches, but I have him at fifteen yards per catch. 
What did I do? Yeah, big plays. Yeah, I got him at thirteen. So I'm just well, what... I go, I'm taking it a little bit. Uh, like like I no, said, I, t- I take my proje- I take my projections more conservatively. You know what I mean? But I do think that the chance of him outperforming that is way higher. You know what I mean? Because um, last year he did average fourteen point nine. Yeah, I just think without Rodgers. Yeah, no, that's fair. That is fair. But he's the type of player that you, like I said, his touchdown with love last year wasn't a deep pass and he took it like 50 yards. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Watson can do ridiculous stuff. So he's ridiculously fast, (laughs) but anyway, all right, let's move on to the next guy. Uh, we won't spend a a million minutes on, on this guy, but because there's really nothing historically to talk about, Uh (laughs) but it's, it's Jameson Williams and this is post suspension. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, like, if he gets back from his suspension, was it six weeks? Yeah. Six games. So once he gets back from his suspension, that's when the clock starts for Jamison Williams. Um, we all know that he's ridiculous. He didn't really get a lot of opportunity last year. Um, no. And this one is just sheerly based off the talent and the player. Like he's going into he's year a full two. two years removed from his ACL as well. Full two years removed from his ACL. He's, you know, he is a ridiculously talented receiver. He does so many things well. And, you know, based on our, our comps for him when he came out of the draft, we loved Jamison Williams. Like, the type of player that he is with his size and speed is ridiculous. So, I think they're going to take advantage of that, the the Detroit Lions, and I'd love to see what that looks like as the season goes along. But, um, like I said, you might not see him as a wide receiver one at the end of the season because he missed six weeks. But I think this is a guy that will come back um, from his suspension and he'll light up the field. So um, I love Jamison Williams. I've always loved him, and he's cheap as crap. Ninth round pick, eighth, ninth round pick that you can get him in, um, and you don't have to start him week one, obviously. You can sit here, and, and if your league allows it, you can put him on the injured list or whatever um, yep. and keep him off your, your starting lineup, get another guy in, and just keep him on your bench. Uh, and once Jamison Williams gets gets back, you don't even need to start him, hopefully. Um and you can just kind of see where it goes. But I do think that when in the games that he plays, there is going to be a breakout at some point this season. Um, my only concern is target share because they do have a Monroe St. Brown and he is a slot receiver and he's going to get fed. So it just depends. Like I see him, if he has a big season this year, I see him more of like an AJ Brown type receiver that gets a ton of explosive plays and turns them yes. into points and, Kind of like Christian Watson, honestly. Kind of like Christian well. Watson in a way, but I don't. I don't know. I think he is a receiver that can get 150 targets, but I don't know that that happens this year. Um, so yeah. yeah, I love Christian Watson. Think he's going to break out. Um, that does no history whatsoever to say that that will happen in terms of like what they did last year with him. But all right, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, and I think he's. Yeah, his history is the one catch that went 41 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, he only had 11% catch percentage, which was so bad. But he also had last year a ridiculous play that got called back for a holding, but it was an 80-yard touchdown that he just, like, caught it in stride, and then he just ran by everybody. Wow. Um, he, he He's got, like, that Tyree Kill-type speed, that Jalen Waddle-type speed where he, he's just got game-breaking speed. Yeah. And he's also a pretty good receiver. I mean, he apparently, like in training camp, they're saying that he's electric, um, that nobody can guard him, but he has had a lot of drops. 
So it's like that kind of is a little worrisome. But again, it's like usually those big like Jamar Chase as a rookie had a lot of drops as well. So it's not like DK Metcalf has a lot of drops when you're that talented. It's okay. It's okay to drop the football. Yeah. Um, So he's got to work on that. But outside of that, I mean, he has that talent, as you mentioned. Uh, Obviously, he was the 12th overall pick. He was ridiculous. He didn't do much last year, but he was coming off that torn ACL and they were clearly very cautious with him. This year, they're apparently going to play him a lot in preseason, and then when he comes back, he's going to be there, the, probably the wide receiver two behind Amonra, and he's going to be the big play, deep ball kind of guy. He might only get like three or four catches a game mm-hmm. when he comes back, but it's going to be like th- four catches for like 100 yards and a touchdown. Oh, yeah. And then you're going to be sweating. Yeah. And he, you know, you can draft them in like the ninth round and put them on your IR for a little while, and then when he comes back, you get an absolute weapon. Now, I will say, Jamison Williams is probably on this list most likely to break our hearts. Yes. And uh, and and not be one of the breakouts. But, hey, probably. you always got to have one. You do always have to have one. So, uh, but I do really believe in Jamison Williams. Like, I'll, I'll place bets on that. Um, I do think he's going to be good because I think the talent is just too much. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm you can see it when you see ridiculous plays happen. They just got to target him more. You know what I mean? Like, and, and scheme things up and get him the ball. Like last year, what do you had nine targets? Yeah. Hold on. You still there? Yeah. Oh, did you respond? Yeah. I said, yeah, he had nine targets total. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't hear a single word you said because it, oh, it cut, out. Yeah. cut out. Um, yeah. So like, obviously not a lot of, uh, work there. Not a lot of sample size there for for us to determine whether or not he's good at wide receiver. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. They also lost chart, correct? Correct. Yep. So James Williams slides right into that slot once he gets back. So um, anyway, let's talk about the last guy really quickly. Jordan Addison. Um, also, no historical data. Some honorable mentions. We did have George Pickens as a guy uh, that we like to draft that might break out this year, but um, I think Dotson. the chance Jahan Dotson as well. So some of these guys we really like, but um, not willing to put them on the breakout list because they, I don't think the, ch- the chances of it happening are, are not super high. Um, but Jordan Addison, I think is stellar. Uh, and this is not because I watched him make a ridiculous catch on the sidelines last night. That's not why. I promise. Why? What? So tell me why. Oh, oh, all right. I was like, did I miss something? Did you say something else? <laughs> Stupid Zoom. Um, he is, uh, he is basically going to take over the Adam Thielen role that they had, and there's some vacated targets in this offense. You know, T.J. Hawkinson left halfway through the season last year, so obviously they have a sample size of what it looks like without Hawkinson, but. Um, actually, no, they have Hawkinson now. Holy crap. Yes, they do. Oh, my God, dude. I just I just meshed them with the, the Lions. they do have, or they don't have Adam Thielen. He yes. had 100 targets last year. So that's what I was saying. Uh, he is going to replace Adam Thielen. I don't know why my brain was like, I, it's because I was just talking about the Lions. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, he doesn't. they don't have Adam Thielen. There is vacated target share there. Adam Thielen was kind of dropping off and um, and he's very old. Like he doesn't have much left in the tank. So I think his decrease in target share was not 
directly correlated to um to Justin Jefferson because they play two very different roles in the offense. And I think that a lot of it was just due to the fact that I think Justin Jefferson can get his and you can still get Jordan Addison, the ball. So Addison walks into this role uh, with Adam Thielen, where he's going to have a lot of work inside and knowing the type of quarterback that Kirk cousins is, they're still going to force feed the ball to Justin Jefferson, obviously. But I think that Addison is going to come in, play that slot role immediately. And he's going to take, you know, I don't usually like to put rookies on the breakout list, but if I had to take one, one rookie on any list ever, uh, well, not ever, but uh, just this year, (laughs) any rookie from this list from this year, uh, I would take Jordan Addison because I know that he's going to be on the field in two wide receiver sets. I know he's going to be on the field in the slot and most likely he's going to take a lot of opportunities there. It might take two or three weeks. I will say that. I think it, I think it might take him a couple weeks to get acclimated to the NFL, but I think once it happens, it happens and he's going to yeah. get, he's going to be a guy that gets seven, maybe eight targets a game and, um, and starts putting up fantasy points for you. The question is, you know, does that translate to fantasy points and does it translate to a huge breakout season for Addison? So, yeah. you know, but the value that you can get him, what is he a seventh round pick? Um, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So the value you can get him at is really good. He's similar to Jamison Williams where you probably will not have to play him. Um, right. He'll uh, probably be on your bench unless you're drafting he might like six your last flex or something yeah, like that. Right. So there's positive things with Jordan Addison that you can look at. But like I said, he's also a rookie on a football team that has a number one wide receiver. So there is some negatives there. But if he's coming in and taking all of those vacated targets from Adam Thielen and then I think taking targets from guys like K.J. Osborne and Ola B.C. and whoever else they have there and he's just kind of becoming that second wide receiver that they, they haven't really had for a year. Yeah. Um, then he's going to get a lot of targets. I think I, I would say I would peg it anywhere between 110, 120, if I'm being like fair. Um, but I do think that if he starts blowing up, it could move up a little bit higher than that. So we'll see what right. happens with Addison, but I definitely have him a breakout. He's like a 50, 50 guy in terms of like 50% chance. He breaks out 50% chance that it doesn't end up happening, but we see good things, but I definitely think there's positives to having him. Agreed. And I think Addison is, um, walking into the best situation it's actually funny jefferson if you look back on it and if you remember when justin jefferson came in the league, he kind of was the exact same because they had Thielen as the number one guy but they were losing digs so jefferson was walking into minnesota as the clear number two and it took him two weeks the first two weeks of the season he only had three targets so like they didn't really use him and then week three he had his breakout game where he had 30 fantasy points out of nowhere and then from that point on he was like the white i think he finished as like a top 10 wide receiver as a rookie. So I'm not saying that's Jordan Addison because I don't think Jordan Addison is as good as Justin Jefferson by any means, Mm -hmm. but he has a great opportunity to be a wide receiver too on a team that throws the ball a lot. Um, So I think he, by far, he definitely has the best situation, especially year one for um, all the rookie wide receivers. And I think he can definitely capitalize on that. Um, Now is his ceiling like, that high, do I think he could be a wide receiver one? Probably not. Um, with Jefferson there. But he could definitely break out and be someone who you could start on a week to week basis year yeah. one right, right away. After mm-hmm. probably like I'll give it week three. The first two weeks he might not do much, kind of like the Jefferson mold. And who knows? They might use KJ Osborne the first couple of weeks. Right. But uh 
once he gets going from that point on in the season, I think he's going to be a solid, probably wide receiver too for your team. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or at least a flex. Agreed. Um, all right. There you go. Breakout wide receivers, baby. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Christian Watson. Lots of Chris's on this team. Uh, Jameson Williams, Jordan Addison. Love the breakout wide receivers here. Try to get all of them on your team. Um, it's been an interesting show. We're going to talk about running backs. It'll get more interesting tomorrow. See you later, guys. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.